Hello, and you're listening to volume 18 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Latson. Hey, everybody. I'm Kate Milberry. And we're joined this episode by Chuck Healy. Hey, how you doing tonight? Hi, guys. Thank you Great. so much for letting us come into your place. Great to be here. I love talking about music. Uh, so, Lee, if you guys, um, you probably, if you're a regular listener, you guys probably have met Chuck before in our Record Expo episode. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for joining us for your own exclusive. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, again, anytime a chance to talk about music and vinyl, and I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So, for those listening that uh, don't know this guy, oh, guys, what we're looking at right now is probably the nicest uh, display, display of records. Of records. Yeah. Aside, aside from Jeff McLennan, that, yeah. that being from a bulk perspective. Right. <laughs> this is beautiful. It's um, so beautiful. What we're looking at, yes. Yeah. So we'll definitely be providing some pictures of that. Mm-hmm. You got to get. You guys got to check this out. Yeah. So I, I want to. Um, well, once I started uh, growing the collection, I it was they were all on the floor, so I needed to. And I talked to the boys at Elwood's Wood Lab, and they custom made this for me. So and it needed to be heavy duty because, right. as you know, vinyl is very heavy. So. Yeah. No, I'm, trying, I'm getting the process to move right now, and I like put all my records in a crate, and I'm like, I don't know if the moving guys are gonna be able to handle this. Move it. Uh-huh. It's right. a common problem, right? It's like that's the thing. Like, it's not like CDs or like music no. on your phone. Like, they're you know, I think of I, I over the years I've graduated. You know, I, I I went to every kind of format. You know, with vinyl and anything new came along, I switched to cassettes way back eight track even, then then CDs, and then when digital came along, MP3. I jumped on board with that. I've got two iPods, 160 gig iPods that are full of, each of them have about 20,000 songs on them, all categorized by genre. <laughs> uh, but still, my, my fallback is always still my own. Right. But, I, but I was and always an early adopter. And Neil Diamond. And Neil oh, yeah. Diamond. Yeah. yeah. So sad that he was like, he announced recently that he was reti- retiring. Yeah, from, yeah from, because of Parkinson's, which is yeah. kind of sad. He's, he's still going to record, he said, but he, it's not, not his doctor said he shouldn't yeah. tour anymore just because it'll you know, progress it, make it progress faster, so. Right. Yeah, but kind of sad news for sure. So for those listening, um, what would you say your collection consists of? I'd say, well, probably my favorite genre is still 70s. 70s, 70s. rock, even soft rock. But I'd say most of my collection would be, yeah, I'd say 60% would be 60s, 70s rock, um, then 80s, and then it's, it's such a wide range. I've got... A lot of jazz and blues and R&B, tons of cool ambient chill out lounge stuff, and uh, quite quite a bit of instrumental um, and classical. I mean, and a lot of new. I, I buy a lot of new stuff too from like today's artists. So, uh, but still, my fallback is still 70s rock. I appreciate that. That's my yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess. So, what was the most recent record you bought? Um. Let me think. I've bought so many in the last week. You're in Toronto recently. Yeah, I bought I bought about 25 or 30 up there. Um, just think here. What I think it was an older one of the weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's it awesome. Was. Yeah. Like again, with some of the newer stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he's I, he's I love his stuff. I mean, everything, every record. I've got over three of his records. It's just cool music. You know, it's great sound, great vibe. So I know you said that you um, you kind of adapted to all the different uh, formats of technology that have come out to store music. Um, how long have you been collecting this specific collection? Well, it, I, I, I'd say some of them are from 
early 70s. Perfect. That's awesome. So, yeah, the, the, young the real one. Team. Right. Yeah, yeah. The real final. And then, it, then uh, some of them I sold over the years when I graduated to different formats, but I kept a certain amount, kept boxing them and moving them every time I moved. Uh, and a lot of them I did sell, but uh, I wish I didn't. But since then, I've recollected those ones that I let go over the last number of years. It's funny, it's only probably about five or six years ago that I let quite a few go in a yard sale. And uh, again, wish I didn't. Same with all my CDs. I kind of wish I had them, still had them too. I had about 600 CDs. Right. And I, I, I ripped them all to digital through the computer. Um, kept them boxed up for the longest time too. And, uh, and again, I just kept moving them around, but ended up selling them. Right. Now it's interesting that you said that like you had these records, you ended up selling them and then you had to, you wanted them back and you had yeah. to go find them again. I guess what was that kind of experience like hunting for these all over again? It was actually a lot of fun because I get to travel with my job. So any city I go to, um, I, I Google record stores. I Google right. record stores. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I'm going it's to New York next week for oh the first time. Yeah. Right. You, gotta, be, you definitely got to check out. Yeah. No, that, that's when it's really fun. I love hunting in the bins. You know, I spend hours in some of the big stores in the bigger cities. I mean, hours, like three, four hours. And the time, the time goes, just flies, and because I, I love it so much. Mm. And you find some great things for only, if, you know, under ten bucks or less. Right. And that's where I found a lot of the stuff that I had that I let go a few years ago was in, in those bigger stores. Mm-hmm. I guess what has been the most memorable or coolest record store you've been to that's not in St. John? Um. Uh, probably in Toronto, um, and and Gordy from Backstreet told me you, you got to go to this place when you get there. It's Sonic Boom, and it's a big. It, they carry a lot of new, but a lot. They really highlight a lot of old classic, wow. you know, classic rock stuff. And yes. the, and it's, I don't know, geez, it's, it's it's twenty times the size of Gordy's store. Even bigger. It's two floors, and that's where you can spend just hours and hours. And whenever you're in there, there's. There's 150 people in there. Right. It's crazy the amount of people that are in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a lot of fun. And they have all, all kinds of other paraphernalia too, like how to display your records. You know, not just records, but all kinds of fun accessories. Accessories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which we, we can't find around here. Yeah. Like I know, like um, Second Spin. Sometimes they have like the shelves and the crates. That's where I right, get my yeah. But like, it'd be cool to see some more of that, like you know, extras around here. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's the, I guess, the downside of a smaller city. Uh, yeah. But there's so many pluses, and that's, mm-hmm. but that is the downside of, if you're a vinyl collector, not a lot of accessories to try and find. Mm-hmm. Over the past two years, have you noticed any particular trends that have happened with vinyl or, like, vinyl accessories? Or Because I find now, in the last year especially, um, with the opening of uh, Sunrise and yeah. things like yeah. that, it's like, okay, we're, the, the validation of the market right. want and need is there. So yeah. people want to go back and they want to explore it and stuff. But have you noticed any specific trends so far oh, from being uh, a previous collector to now? Well, I have, just from what, what I read to, I, I, about, about, the, about the resurgence of vinyl in the last, say, five, six, seven years, it's just been growing exponentially every year. And I think the stuff that I've read is that Music became so uh, expendable, throwaway. You know, I'm just thinking of of my younger kids. How uh, music on an iPod, and they're, there's, they're, they don't listen to a whole song. Fast forward to the next one, next one, or or if you tell, hey, how about playing this song? Oh, that's a pretty old song. That's that's two months old now. Don't listen to that one anymore. Uh, it, it, again, it became for that generation. It's, it became so throwaway, and and I think people now are uh, you know coming back to vinyl because of the experience of you know picking up the record, uh, putting it on, the warmth of the sound, 
looking at the liner notes, you know, reading who guested on it, you know, it's just a, people who have missed that experience and the young kids that are picking up today never knew it until now and they're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I find too, like with the digital medium, like Spotify, like I'm guilty of it as well. Like I'm a really big skipper. Like I'll listen to like part of a song. Like I just, I skip through until there's, you know, I find a song I'm in the mood for. But I find with the cool thing about vinyl is it forces you to kind of sit through unless you wanted to go through the trouble of finding the right groove to drop the needle on. But it kind of forces you to sit and really appreciate it and listen to the whole album front to back. It's like a whole experience. I think that's kind of the other element of Strange Grooves too is that like we were aware of the ways in which we would listen to music like uh, on our way to work or like in the car with friends and changing it 25 different times because there's four different people in the car on a road trip or working out or whatever so we have like those eight to ten hours a day that we're working we're doing things that we might listen to music differently than when we choose to get home and listen to like a record or two to unwind and I started finding that I was collecting vinyl as a way to just like instead of spending money on other things it was a way of giving myself that time back and then you know I I would have something kind of more to show for it and be able to listen to it so it it proved its value more to me Mm. and my grandmother had lots of records she still does a lot of records I have came from her right and I just find now that music like we always say started becoming very solitary because of the way that you can just choose the way that you listen to it where now you can actually choose to um, express it together, right? Instead of having it like closed, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I I've really noticed that, and I, I like that that Strange Groove has kind of like made that part of that bridge of bringing music back together yeah. and talking about it together and saying, hey, I am listening to this record or two to unwind at night. Right. I want to share that with you. You should listen to it too. Change the change the thought you, process. You hit it right on the head there about how the sharing of music. It's it brings it back to what it used to be. With, with the digital format, you really didn't gather and chat. Um, like you said, you can fast forward, or if you're in a car, you kept, there was no real uh, dialogue. Uh, dialogue around music. Uh, and, oh man, I love that song, about it. But, but when you get together with vinyl and you put one on, and it, yeah, it, the dialogue is there. You I think know? the other big support thing, like quality block parties, if you see a lot of the all-ages shows, like when I was younger, like 13, 14, 15, I was sneaking into like Studio 112 and stuff to listen to local bands, and it yeah. made me, even when I had friends that were in bands that might put you on the list, I still wanted to give them my five bucks, yeah, right? Because yeah. I, I can't play instruments. I know how hard it might be is to make a CD or put your things on bank, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But now I think that younger kids, when I see them out at shows, they realize, oh, even if they were the iPod generation or have never listened to anything tangible in their hands, that they're saying, oh, I appreciate that work. I want liner notes. So now they're demanding more from the artists because even in the last five years that I've been collecting, I started wanting more. I'd buy a 30 or $40 vinyl and I'm like, there's not, there's a download code, that's it. Yeah. I want liner notes. I want album art. I want yeah. there to be a sleeve. It's yeah. a slight disappointment when you get a record and there's just like this. Just the like record. I get yeah. worried yeah. when I buy yeah. new records yeah. now because I'm like, yeah. oh, it won't be there. That's the thing about the classic rock albums is there's so much effort put Thought into touring yeah. and into the album and into the lyrics and the, 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 the photography, the artwork, everything. Or whatever, everything. It just, it's, cause it, yeah, it's just, that's why I like displaying some of them because it, 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 it was a time of, you know, it was artistic. The album artwork is just, there was a lot of thought put into it. Yeah. You're not in any inside. Uh, the inside covers. And, Do you have a favorite um, kind of album cover? Uh, well, I, I know one favorite inside cover, like one of the Neil Young records from the 70s, right. is uh, On Should the Beach. It on the Beach. It's got, it's, it's got color on the inside, uh, which 
And this is an original. Dory said this is probably worth about $900. What? How much? $900? 90 to $100. 90 to $100. I was like, $900? I was like, whoa, Neil Diamond. Yeah. No, no, Neil Young. Like oh, Neil Young. Oh, the, right. other, the other Neil. The other Neil. Oh, right. I found a rare record at, at Backstreet yeah. once right. from Neil Young, and I, uh, the person I was lo- like, I wanted to get it for like as a gift. I've been looking for it for a couple of years, and I found it for five bucks, and I, it ended up being worth about a hundred. Oh, that's the re- so cool! The, the reissues, the reissues just have plain white in there. Right. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So all the artwork's not on the inside cover. So just think of the expense of that back. Yeah, you know, that's like, why they wouldn't do it today because it'd be so expensive to right. do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's really neat. And this was—I uh, I might have told you the story before. This was an amazing story. When I had the open house, uh, when people walked through uh, last year, yeah, yeah. I had a lady come in and see. Wow, you collect vinyl? I said, Yeah. She said, I have a whole bunch of records that I don't even want, and uh, you can come get them tomorrow if you want. And she was a little older. I thought, I don't know. Wouldn't hurt to look. This was one of them. Wow. So there was a lot of great classic rock in there. Tons of Neil Young, tons of Leonard Cohen, all original press. 200 and some of them. And she gave just, them, just gave them to me. She said, there's only one prerequisite. You can't pick through them. You have to take them all. Right. Okay. That's normally the thing. Yeah. That's Because yeah. people just want to get rid of them, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. either nothing it, it, it or everything. And it was like 90% amazing. Right. Do you still have yeah. a lot of those? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she'll be start wanting them back in a couple of years. Oh, that's impressed me a while. She said, how do I get rid of my old Sony turntable? I, on that, I said, well, you can try something because it's easy. I didn't yeah. think then. Yeah. This is this last year. And uh, so I don't know if she did that or not. Well, that's funny. She probably, that probably got snapped up quick. <laughs> I, think, I think what happened, she, her husband died a year and a half ago or something, and he was the main record collector. And mm. he, I don't know if it was bad memories for her or just she didn't wasn't interested in it. Right. Was, could have been moving to downsizing. Yeah, and that's, that's what a lot of people to, do. Yeah. To, to do. Yeah, it's a lot of move. Yeah. On our other podcast there with Joanna, um, her grandparents collected a lot of violins. Same for them. They were always having parties and stuff. And like, I couldn't imagine if they had ever had to tried move to move. That. So it's easier, you know, for their family to keep it in the keep it in the home. There's just right. so much music down there. That's why it's just incredible. It's small. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have to move a bunch. It's on the smaller side because it's a lot to lug. Yeah. yeah, and for those listening in the background, you'll notice you'll hear the new debut music of our Strange Views podcast, yeah. the Hypochondriacs. Um, check out our episode with Josh, Josh Ravner. 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 Yeah, uh, it was on episode Sweet Sixteen. Two Ooh. now will be two yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, um, and they graciously gave us uh, rights to use their music. Yeah, for that's our podcast. fantastic. Yeah, I, I listened to that one. That was a good one. So thank yeah. you for not. Agreeing not to sue us. <laughs> thanks, Josh. Um, That's a rad. And also a big thanks to everyone so far who's kind of been helping us along, to our Patreon supporters and to everybody who's been subscribing and rating us on iTunes. That helps us rate. And you had a Toonie donation the other yeah, day. Yeah, thanks, Kaylin. Yes. Danger Capson. Danger Capson, thank you. We appreciate your donation. Shout big shout outs. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Host Daddy. Host Daddy, Mike Capson. Mike Capson. Thank you. We appreciate your... You wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for you. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. <laughs> and we wouldn't... Honestly, like without people like yourself, like collecting, wanting to just hang out. Like, yeah, thanks for yeah. coming. I mean, we like get it. after work sometimes, like it can be hectic and whatnot. And we just, instead of just going home and being like by ourselves and messaging each other on messengers, it's like easier to hang out for an hour and then go home and unwind. Yeah, for sure. It makes yeah. you in a better mood. You hang out. It gets sure. your social time. You don't have to go to a bar and spend yeah. a bunch of money. It's nice. Yeah, no, it is. Weird. I spend enough money on my collection. I don't get to enjoy it enough. Yeah. And this has really given me a way of like 
reaching out to people who have the same questions. It's not yeah. way more exponential in itself. Right. A way for them to kind of express it. Yeah. No, for sure. And oh, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I anytime you sit down and chat about music, I'm in. I'm in. So and I and this is what, this is what I do every night. I I barely. I watch. I have a few favorite shows during the week, but most evenings, you know, we're starting around six six thirty, I start playing vinyl. I play music until I go to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, sit and read, or even just sitting with my cat, chilling, and have a glass of wine. Um, I that's that's, that's the my best time. Right that's that, I love it. That is yes. the life yeah. right there. You, you know what's one thing I meant to mention? I forgot the, one of my favorite people that are up on the wall here, right. um, which is a cool story. About Rodriguez, you know, you, you saw the documentary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that I mean, I became a giant fan after the documentary. Same. I thought, what an amazing story! It like blew my mind. Me too. I was just completely blown away. And then listening to him, I thought, why? You know, was it his name? Was it the way he looked? He looked, you know, uh, was, back in those days, yeah. you know, a Mexican-looking dude. And I mean, his parents are Mexican. Mm-hmm. He was born in Detroit, but you know, it could. What, what was it? Not the right management because he. He is just as good as Dylan. He That's what a I writer. mean. I was and, he's, and his critics are recognizing that in the last, I don't know, say, since that documentary won the Academy Award, or Oscar in 2012. Um, and, you know, he tours now. Uh, Living I, like I, what he should have done yeah, back in the day. Yeah, and he was 20 plus years after, what, early 70s, and he stopped because yeah. nobody was buying his records and... And he went back to construction work, and you know, and that whole story about in South Africa, how we just blew up. He yeah. was like the Beatles in South Africa. Yeah, he was bigger than Elvis and the Beatles in, yeah. in South Africa. And he didn't. And he know. didn't even even know. And he wasn't even making a dime. Someone was pirating all his music and yeah. selling it. And they were like, and there were these crazy stories too, because the people in like, because there was no information on him. The people in like yeah. South Africa were like, there were stories about how he committed suicide on right. stage. Yeah. And like, blew himself crazy. on fire. Yeah, and it's just like, but he was just yeah. like chilling in Detroit. But yeah, yeah, no, he's an incredible artist. And I, was, I, was, I tried, but I couldn't make, the, the, make it work. Was, he played in September 15th in Massey Hall in Toronto. Right. I was hoping to get up to see him, but I, yeah. I didn't. No, he's uh, definitely a bucket list. And as yeah. you said, like, when you mentioned, they even said in the documentary too, he's like up there with Bob Dylan. Like, oh, very yeah. seldom, like, since like that, I'd ever bestow that compliment on yeah. anyone. But like, I remember like in the documentary, they were playing like parts of his songs and it's like, they arrest you. Oh, they do? Like, you're yeah. just like, whoa, like yeah. someone just just ripped your soul out. Like, this oh, for sure. gaze I mean, right into you. I mean, he wasn't as prolific as Bob Dylan because no. he didn't get the chance probably. No, you know? no, exactly. Because but, but he, but... he only had two records and then that Searching for Sugar Man was kind of a compilation of his two records. Right. Yeah, no, I have, both. I have the first, I have Cold Fact and coming from reality as well. Yeah. They're just, yeah, he's yeah. a treat. <laughs> yeah, he really is, yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm getting that, that picture of him on Searching for Sugar Man. It's in the background in Detroit. Right. I'm getting, I talked, I sent a note to uh, Allie Beckworth. Right. I'm going to get her to paint that, like a four by six through my wall. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that picture of him there, there's a really neat black and white one of him walking down this alleyway with, you know, old cars in the background. Yeah. It's just going to be a cool picture. That would be neat. That would be cool to have like a Rodriguez painting or poster. Yeah. That would be neat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah. I guess have you, like you mentioned that you missed the chance to see Rodriguez, but I guess have you been to any other concerts like in your life that you, that were like super memorable? I've been to quite a few over the years. I really, I've, I'm trying to think. Uh, probably one of my first big ones as a teen was Kiss, which was a lot of fun. You know, nice, I'm a big yeah. fan as a teenager. But um, some, I think, would stand out. Um, uh, went back to some classic rock stuff like Elton John. And, and when I worked for Molson in Toronto, I got to see a lot of really cool concerts up close, meet people backstage too, That's because of that access I had with working for Molson. Right. Uh, was, well, at the time, it was called the Molson Amphitheater, so I had a lot of access yeah. to backstage stuff. Um, 
A lot of fun concerts there for sure. Uh, the Cranberries, which I was lucky to see. Mm. Got to meet Dolores Horiden. Oh wow. Um, so that was pretty sad when I, you know, when she died there a few months ago. How was she as a person? She? Oh, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Sweet, sweet person. She, I knew who she was. Right. And I went up. Hi, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm Chuck. And she said, Well, I'm. She introduced herself. I'm Dolores Horiden. Yeah. Like, like she had to <laughs> say, you know. Uh, sweetheart, just sweetheart. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, maybe cranberries. I think were one of my kind of, especially after her passing. You know, it made me really reflect on the time that I saw saw them and met her. Because she had a huge influence too on on society and a lot of the stuff that she wrote. Yeah. And they're, they're, that's the kind of artists I like too. Like even we talked about Rodriguez. He wrote a lot about what was going on in the world at the time. You yeah. know? So those kinds of artists are really it's really interesting to listen to because they have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how like certain you know like I use the example of like Bob Dylan's Times Are a Changing album. Like they're very a lot of the songs are very, very poignant to the time, but then like you listen to it now like some of the songs like only a pawn in their game and stuff it's like they could be written today and yes, the same thing yes. it's like those issues translate like decades later yeah and sure. i think that's just it's super incredible when an artist can be so like pro- prophetic like that prolific yeah. like that it's yeah it's always good yeah another good one too like, although he didn't last long because he was so wasted joe cocker oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. it was like about four or five R. songs in and he kind of just he was falling over <laughs> when, when was how long ago was it was quite a long it was like late 70s oh god yeah and uh, I was pretty excited about it, but yeah, he didn't last. He was so wasted. Right. Was that in Toronto yeah. or? No, that was in Moncton. Moncton. Yeah. I didn't know Moncton. Yeah. Do you have any fun shows that you're looking at going to see in the next year? Uh, well, here I'm gonna go Feist in May. Yes, that was new. That news was Yeah. Are you gonna go to the Sheepdogs? The Sheepdogs, I haven't planned on it yet because that's coming up soon too. Isn't it? Is it yeah, early, it's early next 13th. month? Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, I just. Uh, they uh, ordered that record from Gordy too. Their their well, their first record. Do they still only have one record? Uh, no, they have several. Like oh, they yeah. have, yeah, um, yeah. They put out a couple over the last. I only have their their one like after the one on Stone. You know, it'd be a fun factor of, uh, and a trivia night for about them. Right. It's the only band ever to get the cover of the Rolling Stone when they didn't even have an album out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. No, that's like you think, how that. is that possible? Even you think, you know? Yeah. You want to know a funny story I heard the other day, yeah. which, did you know Peter Rowan used to manage them? Yeah. What? Yeah, I heard that. Really? He used to manage them back in the early oh. days, yeah. And then yeah. they got a cover on the Rolling Stone, apparently, and... Well, things yeah. change after that. Like, they got... To, yeah. You should never forget your humble beginnings yes yeah ever yeah no never i love you peter rowan you're yeah. amazing we yeah. appreciate all you do for the music community absolutely yeah. and all that you do for the bands that you manage you're amazing so yeah does he ever do a lot for yeah, yeah shout out John to music peter team. and like i'm especially for like all ages and making sure that things are, are well run and, and comforting and smooth and, and inclusive for everyone mm-hmm. like he's a definitely a pioneer like i'm thrilled to be part of Quality Block again this season. Absolutely. We're excited yeah. to be involved in some way. Yeah. And for those of you who want to hear more from Peter and more about Peter, check out our Record Expo episode yeah. and, our Fleet, yeah, and our Fleetwood Mac Attack Fleetwood episode. Mac Attack. He has some funny stories. Yeah, some very <laughs> funny stories. Yeah. Very funny stories. So I'm going to pose to you a question, and I'm not sure what kind of answer, if you're going to be able to give an answer or not, but it's a question that we ask for almost every guest. Yeah. Um, God forbid apartment's on fire and you had to grab one record from this collection to take with you would you be able to look at it? oh yeah it's on the wall it's on the wall Neil Diamond Hot August Night right yeah 
Right. Why is that? So, what's the story? With uh, you well, this, uh, I, you know, it started at a young age. There, there's such an emotional connection to his music with me. Um, one song in particular on this record, because it's a better version than the studio version, it was one of his big hits in the 70s called I Am I Said. Mm-hmm. And that song is really, it's, it took him four months to write it. I'm reading the story behind, this, behind it. It took him four months. He had a really hard time writing it because it was so emotional to him. And it was about being, it's about, as you, if you know it, it's about, um, hey, I, I'm here. Uh, I'm here and this is who I am. Um, let me be who I am. Yeah. Let me grow who I, who I am. It, it, it's kind of, a, there's, there, it, there's love in it, there's a, a sense of loneliness, a sense of being lost, and no one, no one seeing you sitting there, um, but you're screaming out, um, I am, I'm here. Right. And to me, you know, because I, I probably relate to that because I had some periods in my life where I kind of like, you sat in a room somewhere and you think nobody, no nobody one cares. sees me right. or cares about, cares about me. So, so it resonated with me that way. And, and still to this day, I can, can get chills on my, my back and uh, when I listen to this song and and the and the version on Hot August Night. Yeah, absolutely. I used to listen to that song like when I think it was a teenager. When, and um, I remember like it was Record Expo night. And I remember you gave me the like when you Kate you gave me your uh, extra copy of Neil Diamond's Greatest Hits. And I heard that song for the first time in years. And again, it was like that goosebumps, that feeling. Like you could hear like the pain and like longing in his voice. It's like well, and, and I guess the first verses too. Is he was he was struggling with the move. He he, he grew up in New York, yeah. in Brooklyn. And in the early 70s, he moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And he, what's the line? I, I, I'm lost between two shores, he yeah. said in the song. He didn't know what, L.A.'s home, but it ain't mine no more. What does it go? L.A.'s fine, but it ain't home. New York's home, but it ain't mine no more. Yeah. So he struggled with that move and where home was. And it was, you know, it's just a great song. I just, yeah, so that would be the record. Actually, and it's on, it's framed on the wall, so it'd be like well protected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So you also, um, like Kate and I spend at Five and Dime once every few months. You spend quite a lot at the Five and Dime. Yeah, probably so once a month or so. Or, once a month, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I guess kind of what got you into uh, DJing? Well, when, when they opened, and you know, I had a pretty significant collection too at the time when they opened, and I, I just asked Jody, I said, Dear, you're going to plan to have guest DJs? And he said, oh yeah, so let me know when you want to, and that's how it started. So I remember my first one, I was so nervous. I spent, spent hours typing up the list of what I was going to play. Oh, wow. And then, and then put them in the order in the box, you know, what, what, how they would come up. And since then, I don't do that anymore, because I know, I just... I, I do still put them in in, in, put in in an order in the box that I'm going to play instead of trying to search for what's going coming on next. Right. I just don't spend hours typing it up anymore. Mm. So I guess, like, how do you go about Because Kate and I can maybe get some tips. So, like, how do you go about preparing for spinning? And how do you go about choosing what you're going to play that night? Well, it depends on the night. Especially Friday night, I think people are there to have fun and probably do a little dance in the spots that they're in. And so I tend to uh, start the night out still, you know, somewhat of a good beat, but I, I build on it. I keep building. And I, I try to keep the same beat, you know, within a half an hour or 40 minutes in. Something that's very upbeat and happy and fun and that people... I like to play songs that people know and sing along to. It's not necessarily... Well, actually, a lot of songs I love, but I like to play songs that majority, the majority of people are going to know. Right. 
Whereas I think uh, some people make the mistake in playing for themselves. The right. They play themselves I, yeah. and you can't. Because I like you to can't. play to the audience. Like, yeah, even if too. it's something I wouldn't yeah. want to put on right at that moment. Right. If I yeah. feel the energy of the crowd. If people yeah. want Snoop Dogg, we will right. put on Snoop Dogg. Right. Like, yeah. You, got, you, you know. want to hear Welcome to the Jungle right after? We Don't worry. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll do it if you want mix. it. Don't yeah. worry. I always, there's a few standbys near the end of night too that once people are having some fun and had a couple of drinks, I put on about four or five in a row of of the same like, that people love to sing to. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Journey, Don't Stop Believing, uh, ACDC, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's another big one on, that's on the Black Album? Oh, geez, I can't think of the name now, I just lost it. Uh, shoot. Shook Me All Night Long. Shook Me All Night Long. And uh, Bon Jovi. Uh, Living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. Like all those oh, sing-alongs, you know? <laughs> yeah, the sing-alongs. And then I'll throw on Sweet Caroline, too. Yeah. Uh, which people love to sing along to. Absolutely. It's so. your, your, I remember a previous podcast, like your daughter's named after that song. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's so sweet. I tell people that I'm named after the Jerry Garcia song, Ruben and Sharice. It's totally not true, but it sounds uh, cooler than what <laughs> my original origin. <laughs> yeah. There are all kinds of neat stories of fans of people that are named after songs or whatever, like Bill Clinton's daughter, Chelsea. Yeah. It's named after Joni Mitchell's song. For Chelsea Morning. Chelsea Morning. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. That's so cool. I probably, if I ever get plagued with a child, <laughs> I'd probably, uh, I'd probably name it after a musician, like one of my favorite musicians. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know one of my favorite bands too. I might have mentioned in the podcast, Collective Soul. A big fan of Collective Soul. We're a big fan. And the one of the, the lead singer Ed Rowan, he named his late his his uh, youngest son Lennon. You know, after John Lennon, big, That's big nice. Lennon fan. Yeah. I just ordered, speaking of them too, I just ordered uh, through Pledge Music. Um, they recorded a live album, I think it was a compilation of various concerts that they put together. Right. And um, it should be arriving any day now. So I'm looking forward to that double live record. Oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. have to come back for that. No, absolutely. I guess, do you have, um, what are your thoughts on buying compilation albums, like greatest hits albums? I know, so I guess I was reading lately that some people are like, all for buying them and then some yeah. people were like no I'd rather buy the albums that those songs are on it like, depends uh, to me uh, I have a mix of that so it depends on the artist like there's some things that I only want like say Mamas and Papas right all I want for that I would have it the greatest hits I wouldn't mm -hmm. want any of the records mm -hmm. um, the birds um, like a lot of those uh, I'd say more 60s few 70s that I would just want the greatest hits right even Journey, I, uh, I, I wouldn't want any more other than what I have with the Grace Hits album. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of compilation records, but again, depending on, I guess, what era, era it's from. Yeah. Um, like, I have almost all Neil Young stuff, I have almost all Neil Diamond stuff. I, I even have all the Grace Hits stuff, too, but I have all their... Discography, yeah. 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 Thievery Corporation. I have I'm all trying to get. I'm trying to get one of those, and I'm trying to complete my Talking Heads collection. Nice. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what I'm looking for right now. So that's those are that's on the. And I don't even know if they have Grace Hits, do they? I don't know if they do or not. Yeah. Oh, but you know the other fun compilations from the '70s are those K-Tel ones, right? What's are what's are great for when I DJ. Mm -hmm. There's so many great songs that they. I wouldn't because they're all like one-hit wonders. Right. I wouldn't want to buy records of you know one-hit wonders. So they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Peter's greatest hits. Sam Peter's greatest hits. <laughs> that's that's one I take. That's one I think that? I got from you. No, that was a St. Peter's. 
Stampeders. Stampeders. Oh, okay. Stampeders. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got <laughs> no, I, no, it wasn't a great sits one because I kept that one. Yeah. 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 It was one of the other ones. Yeah. The one that you have played. I was like, yeah, I need you, this you one for myself. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks so much, Chuck, Thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Fine. That was fun. That was so really, much really, fun. Very welcome. Very really, welcome. really appreciate yeah. it. This we'll have to host one. I'll host one here sometime. We might have a bigger group. You yeah. Know, we'll do some nibblies and yes, get some yeah. cheese. You let us know when, <laughs> yeah. and we'll tell everyone who's listening, yeah. please come to the yeah. podcast with Chuck because this house is baller. This is <laughs> an awesome place to hang out. Um, thank you, everyone, for the ongoing support. Um, you could always use more. Check out our Patreon. Yeah, check us out on Patreon. We've got two new deals going on. Yeah, you can just, like, you know, spare one of your coffees a month to help us out. That'd be awesome. You get some cool swag. Yeah, and well. strange mail. Send yeah. us your address so yeah. that we can send you some strange mail. No donation required. If you just no donation. Us, we'll, send you a le- we'll send you a letter. That's right. We also, we'll, our shirts and everything will be finished as well soon. Yes, we're working on it. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Keep it strange.